Welcome to Hashtag Love Yourself. I'm your host, Jesse Jobson, and I'm going to guide you on your personal journey towards self-love. Hi, welcome back, my loves, to Hashtag Love Yourself. Today's episode is on the wounded inner child and how to heal that. So some of the things that we'll go over in this episode are like the different levels of childhood trauma, what childhood trauma um, does to us as adults, and how to know if you do have childhood trauma, and the wounded inner child and how that shows up, our triggers that we're being triggered with, and then how to heal it. So the first thing, let's start with what is childhood trauma, right? I know for me personally, um, before I did this research, I really uh, only understood that childhood trauma was um, like kind of like the the really big ones, the ones on the right side of the spectrum that um, are, are really um, noted and understood in our society that you get trauma from it. So things like sexual abuse, things like... Um, uh, physical abuse, things, uh, mental and emotional abuse. Um, those are the things that I think we're all well aware of in our society, but, um, I think it's easy to forget or not to even know or understand that there is a spectrum to everything, right? And that this on the spectrum, on the light end of the spectrum, um, childhood trauma is lighter things like embarrassing events as a child, right? Um, being ignored by a loved one. Um, being constantly compared to siblings, you know, by your parents, or just feeling like you don't belong into maybe your family or, you know, groups that you grow up with and that you should feel um, like you belong. So um, when childhood trauma occurs, essentially what happens is our inner child is forced to survive, to cope, right? So humans, just like any other animal on the planet, we we do have a drive to, to survive, a mental and emotional drive to survive. Um, I think that one of the things that was really important that one of the other um, YouTubers brought up was that uh, when, you know, when other animals, right, when they are firstborn, they are way more equipped to survive without Um, like a parent or, you know, someone taking care of them. But humans, on the other hand, we really, really need um, other humans to survive, especially when we first come out of the womb, right? It's really important. Um, And so we oftentimes are leaning on the support and the instruction and the know-how from other um, humans, right? So usually our parents or sometimes our siblings, um, older siblings, things like that. But um, essentially, you know, children, we we are very fragile. And, you know, they always say that like um, from age zero to seven is a really, really fragile and um like important stage in someone's life. And it's because they're, we're doing so much developing and we need so much assistance, right, from other people. And when there are gaps and when we don't have the, the right resources or the tools that we need to, you know, feel safe emotionally and, or mentally, then we end up finding our own, um, We've, we, we end up finding our own way and finding our own tools to use. But oftentimes when we're kids, we don't have like the understanding or the logic that an adult, you know, wise adult would. So without that understanding uh, and that emotional maturity and things like that, 
um, children end up using, you know, tools that um, seem right at the time for that age, but can be carried into adulthood. Um, and what it ends up happening is it's a specific part of our brain that is um, being triggered and, and kind of comes online and like takes over. But if you look at it from um, uh, like an emotional standpoint or even a spiritual standpoint, um, it's another version of energy and, and they call that the inner child, right? And your inner child is essentially with you for the rest of your life, but it just depends on how the inner child um, is like is affecting you. And if that inner child or that other part of your brain is constantly, if it's being triggered, if that's running the show versus, or if the inner child's running the show, or if your wise adult self is being able to make those decisions. Um, and so how that plays out, we'll go over kind of like some examples later on, but that's what, um, when I did this research, a lot of psychologists were talking about how the inner child is this, this, um, separate piece of you that um, in traumatic events essentially gets harmed, gets damaged, but kind of comes alive and ends up trying to find survival ways to cope and manage throughout life, right? And then that, when things um, go uh, wrong and awry, even through um, later on in life, that other um, child is activated and starts to play out and do things um, at a younger and more immature um, fashion. So um, one thing that I thought was really, really cool about all this research is that the root chakra, so it's that first chakra right at the base of your spine, it's the red one, um, or the, the red energy center essentially, right, um, is... So when you're born, your chakras start to, as you, as you're born and as you develop as a child, your chakras kind of go in order. So it's like that first one, that root chakra goes, and then it goes up, up the line, right? Um, they're built and they're established. Well, your root chakra is the very first one that's created, right? And so that one's really linked to our childhood trauma and our inner child. So if you have root chakra issues, right, then... Um, inevitably you have inner child issues, right? And if you have inner child issues, inevitably you have root chakra issues. Like, so that, that's something to think about. I thought that was really cool when I was um, learning this information. So essentially when you enter into the world, um, a baby, the first energy that you live in and you develop in is like that external world, like learning the external world. Because before then we're, you know, our soul that comes down into a body and it's kind of like really... Um, as it grows, right? It's like really contained. But then when you come out into the earth, you're like, here I am. You're learning about like your five senses. We're learning about the external world around us. We're learning about our family tribe, our safety and survival. And that's what that whole chakra is based around. Is that like safety and survival about our family, our tribe, like all that kind of stuff and, and the world around us. And so if when you're living and you're growing and that energy is being built, if, you know, um, you have traumatic events that you aren't nurtured through and you aren't shown how to, um, to feel okay when things feel out of order or things feel out of control in your external world, right? And it feels unsafe if you don't have someone there like uh, nurturing you and showing you the way emotionally, um, that root chakra essentially, or, and if you just want to think about it in, in psych psychological terms, 
um, then your even your brain doesn't know how how to function through that stuff, and it never really understands it until you take time to heal that within yourself and and learn what that was associated with and how you can actually um, change your behavior and how you, and knowing that you're triggered. So I think that's a huge piece of all of this learning is just knowing that you're what's happening, right? Knowing that you're actually being triggered um, and knowing that that's why you're acting a specific way. And then when you know that consciously, you can go ahead and say, you know, like figure out how to heal that piece of you and then move on to learning and exhibiting um, and executing in your life really healthy behaviors, right? Um, so as a child, when something traumatic happens, um, and for children, lots of stuff is traumatic. It doesn't take something super duper huge. Like I said, they're super fragile, right? Um, your inner child um, surfaces, right? Because your inner surf, your inner child is kind of like, um, this is what your inner child's like. Your inner child, if I have to do like a like kind of like what what it's like think of it like this is like you're all of a sudden you're going along everything's normal and then something really traumatic happens and scary happens so you're it's kind of like that backup um that backup software right that's like going to come in when you stall and you don't know how to how to work things like you're you're just like you're this computer that all of a sudden something new happened and you don't know how to figure it out so then it's like that backup software that's coming online taking over to serve to help you survive essentially what it is it's help to help you survive and keep you safe but that's the thing is whatever age that 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 uh, trauma happens in is kind of where your maturity is and that's where like your knowledge is at and so that that inner child surfaces and starts to take over and starts to use whatever they can externally right so if you're being ignored you might try to be that child that um, the inner child might step up and be like okay well I'm being ignored so now I've got to like make find specific ways maybe to act out and some children their inner child acts out negatively right to get attention some of them be real they're really studious or they become really really like um like quiet and really behave they behaved like what anybody wants they'll do it right so that's self-sabotaging right because that's not always going to be healthy what everybody else wants is not necessarily going to be what's best for that child right um so but that's what the inner child does. It learns like, this is what I need to get along. This is what I need to survive in this environment. And sometimes, most of the time it's dysfunctional, right? But sometimes, um, it's just something really light that they have to, uh, and a tool that they have to learn to get along with the external world around them. So, um, so essentially then when we grow up, we have all these triggers, right? And, and then we're, we're lost for why are we acting this way? Like, we don't even know, like we're acting out and we're not even understanding subconsciously it's happening. And then maybe afterwards we're like, oh shit, why did I scream so loud at that? That wasn't even that big of a deal. Why did I get so like, why did I feel the fire in my chest so bad? Right. And it's, it's because our inner child is coming online and is doing those old habits, right? So some questions that you can ask yourself so that you can check in with, do I have childhood trauma, right? And I'm just going to say my personal opinion from doing this research and listening to tons of psychologists reading books um, is that majority of the world 
I mean, it'd be, it's really hard to like kind of grow up in like this world and in earth on earth and not have childhood trauma. Like there's like, and I'm not saying that you have to be like, so on the far right side of the spectrum, right? Like that's not the case, but in the end, we all have childhood trauma in some place, right? We all have quirks and things that, that we are triggered by and it's okay. And so that's why this stuff is really important. That's why this inner child work is really important. So, so just to start to know, do I have inner childhood trauma? So some questions you can ask yourself, right? You can sit down with a pen and paper and like kind of go over your feelings or your thoughts about this. You can journal about it, whatever is best for you. The first question that they said is just to ask point blank, do I have childhood trauma? And if you are a spiritual person like me, you could ask yourself that and like you'll get a response pretty quickly from your, your guides, your angels, or just your intuitive self, right? Your soul will like be able to respond back to and let you know. Sometimes we blank out things in our memories and that's okay. Um, but just know that if you ask yourself, you'll probably get some sort of feeling or answer within yourself. Um, the next question you can go by is, do I, did I feel safe as a child? Another one is, did I feel loved? Was I nurtured or cared for as a child? Um, did I feel like I belonged? And you know, the, uh, one of these things is like, um, this is not to say that parents are bad, right? Right. Um, so you don't have to have bad parents or feel like your parents or your family was dysfunctional to actually have childhood trauma. So like one of the things is like, you can actually have a really healthy family, but, um, sometimes people like their personalities are just so stark different, uh, for whatever reason that they don't feel like they belonged in their family unit. And so they, I've heard of people who, who they're, they like say, yeah, my parents and my siblings, like they all really got along. I just never felt like I belonged with them. Like I always felt like I was kind of an alien put there, you know, and, and that's okay. Like it's, I mean, it's not okay, but it's, it is what it is. Right. And, and so it's not to like shake uh, your finger at someone and, and blame your parents or your siblings for, you know, um, that you felt like you didn't belong, but that maybe that's the reality of it. Right. And that's, um, it's okay to accept that and accept that that was a trauma for you. And, and then to look into, maybe I have triggers from that, you know, um, how are my relationships as an adult? So our relationships as an adult will be a really big, um, window into if we've had a lot of childhood trauma or not. So like, especially romantic partners, um, they will be, they will be the best window. And it's because they're the person that you're the most intimate with, right? They're the person that you're the closest with. So that person's going to be able to shine to you. Um, if you know, there's a lot of dysfunction or a lot of triggers for you, right? Because the closer you get to people, um, the more that you will feel things or you'll act out or, or you'll be triggered. Right. Um, so are you emotionally immature? That is one of the ways that we can, um, see as an adult, like if, if there's emotional immaturity, um, somewhere for you, um, then that could be a big sign that, um, you, you did have childhood trauma. Um, am I controlling? Do I fear being sick? So, you know, some people can take that as far as like being a hypochondriac, but really, um, you know, just being in fear of like life itself. That is one of the things is that sometimes that as children, if we didn't feel safe, um, with the, who we were with or in our environment environments, like our, our home didn't feel safe to us. Cause that's a really important piece of growing up. Um, 
then we kind of like don't trust our bodies or we don't trust our environment around us. And so we're always worried something bad's going to happen. Um, like, and not trusting life. That's another one. Do you not trust life? Like, do you not trust like not knowing what's coming next? Right. Or that your soul has a plan or that like, you're going to be okay. Right. Um, I know like COVID kind of put like a big fear in a lot of people about like, um, our human bodies and being healthy and well and all those things. And, um, that also comes down from like, you know, little things as a child, like when people did get sick or did someone pass away, that was really traumatic when you, you were really young or did you get sick and it just, um, you know, your, your parents didn't know how to deal with it. Um, different things like that. See, they don't have to be really big, horrible events. They can be, um, you know, things that people just don't know how to deal with. And that can actually be a little bit traumatic for a child. If the people around us don't know how to deal with it, um, then it becomes traumatic for the child because they can feel that within their caregivers and they really rely on their caregivers. Like we talked about, um, to, you know, to help them and grow and, and to feel safe and to feel nurtured. Another question is, am I insecure about my physical body? And I think that's a really big one. And, um, and like I said, like the, the, we don't want to go to the right side of the spectrum in this podcast because, um, obviously we want to keep, you know, this just being about like the common triggers that, uh, most people aren't aware are actually being triggered and that your inner child is running us. Um, so we don't want to go to the right side where it's like super deep things that you'll need a therapist for. But, um, insecurity about your physical body is also, um, um, a sign of childhood trauma. Okay. So now let's go over, um, some of like the top the I think it was like the top six or seven, um, childhood trauma triggers. So, um, again, these are going to be very general, very light triggers that don't go really deep into childhood trauma. So it's just going to be like, um, you know, really like personality or emotional, um, things, um, versus like sensory issues or abandonment issues or flashbacks. Like we obviously wouldn't want to go into any of that, um, here on this podcast. That's not what this is really um, for, but this is just for everyday people to understand like, Oh my gosh, that is a trigger for me. So that's something that I deal with all the time. And I didn't realize that subconsciously that's why I was having a negative uh, reaction or a negative feeling or a negative feedback, or I was feeling dysfunctional in those moments. That's what this is more for. Okay, so the first common um, childhood trauma trigger is thoughtful um, or thoughtless and oblivious people getting on your nerves. Like, so um, being overly concerned with the actions of others, right? So, for example, um, uh, so being like, hyper-focused on like what others are doing is really actually a unhealthy thing. Right. And when someone doesn't bring their, like, so when they're, they don't bring like their share to, um, whatever you're doing. Right. So maybe it's like you have a potluck, right. And someone is like, Oh, Oh, I, you know, I totally forgot to stop at the store. So I only brought pop. And, and then when you're like ruminating about it. You can't stop talking about it. You can't stop thinking about it. And you're like, who does that? Why would they do that? And you're not empathetic and you're not, um, yeah, you're not empathetic and you don't have like, like kind of like understanding that everybody's on their own path. Everybody is like doing the best that they can with giving the situations. And so the thoughtless and the 
oblivious people just really get on your nerves. Like the person that's in public on their cell phone screaming at the top of their lungs pisses you off and you have like an outrage session because you cannot stand being next to them. And or, you know, or something like um, uh, someone doesn't hold a door for you when you're coming through um, and, and it just like you cannot believe how disrespectful they are and you like get in a fight with your spouse about how that person shouldn't even be able to let go to the mall because they can't open the door. You know, like things like that, that are like you can't accept people for who they are um, and know that there's a spectrum of people with uh, and have grace for everyone right um, so and and I'm not saying that you can't know in your mind like god that guy's really annoying and really rude um, and then just go on about your day right like that's normal but for you to be hyper focused or really um, pissed off about it or like act like it's like the end of the world or have arguments with people about it or you like throw a tantrum about it that's how you know that that is a trigger for you, right? And your inner child is actually running you. So a healthy person will just notice the behavior and they're not going to be consumed by it, right? They're going to like go on with their day. But the person with the childhood trauma is most likely the reason why it's affecting them so bad is because they had a parent or a caregiver that was like, um, that was very, that was like that. So then in their mind, they create this belief that that's not okay to be thoughtless and oblivious. And usually, you know, like a really good example is when like, um, people have, um, alcoholic parents, right. And though, because when they're drunk, they're, you know, they're, they're not concerned with everybody else. Like they come in in the middle of the night and, you know, they wake up the whole house and they just don't get that you know, because they're drunk and um, they don't get that, that everybody else, um, has needs. They need to sleep or they need, you know, that's like a caring concern. Right. Um, so that's usually where that comes from for people. Okay. The next one is, um, struggling with saying no, and then having resentment for people, right. That you didn't stand up for yourself like you didn't say what you wanted to say like that you didn't do what you wanted to do so essentially like that boundary like the lack of boundaries um so having a lack of boundaries so you say yes when you really mean no and then you resent everyone else for it so like example someone asks you to do something right and and you and then you're like okay like um like inside you're like oh god I don't want to work this weekend right but then you're a coworker was like, can you take the shift for me? And you do it. And then the whole time you're like pissed off that you're doing it. And then you're mad. And then you're resenting your coworker. Like, and don't they know that I need a weekend off too? And like all these things. So there again is a good example of, you know, it's your job to take care of yourself, right? But as a child, we don't really know that, right? And as a child, like, I mean, I even see it in my kids. Like, my kids just want, like, when they love someone, they want that that person to be happy, right? Like, they want to please you, right? That's just how children are naturally. And so, of course, we would want to constantly be pleasing everybody else. But one thing that you learn as you get older that a child doesn't know is that, you know, um, your needs have to come first, right? You have to be able to take care of yourself. And if, if working that, if working on a weekend isn't something that lets you rest and recharge for you to be able to be that your best for the next week. And cause you worked the prior weekend with, that was your weekend, right. To work. Um, then you need, you need to do that. You need to have those, um, 
those things in place to take care of yourself. That's self-care and self-love at its best is being able to say no and say yes when it's appropriate, right? Um, so a healthy person checks in with themselves and is able to say like, hey, um, you know, let me take a minute. Let me get back to you if I can cover your shift or not. And then really sitting with the question and evaluating it and saying like, you know, like if I do that, like, what is it, you know, for me, right? Like, what, how does that benefit me? Do I really, do I want the extra money? Like if you get paid, right, for working the weekend, maybe I could use the extra money. Do I really want to do it? Or do I not? Like, or do I really need that time to rest because I worked the weekend before? Like, what is it, right? So um, that, a healthy person does that. And, um, and an unhealthy person then does it, but then like resents them and expects them to kind of almost like read their mind is one of the side effects that happens is then you like you wonder why nobody knows that you're overworked so I know for me specifically this was like a really big thing for me is that I would take on so much that um sometimes it was because other people were just like not doing what they needed to be doing, right? So then I just came in to save the day, but that was still me, right? Coming in saying yes when I shouldn't have. And then no one was there to like, like pat me on the back and tell me how amazing I was, right? And then I would like think in my mind, like, don't they know like how freaking hard that was to do all that I did, do my stuff, do their stuff, do this stuff? Like, don't they know? And, but how could they know, right? Because you never give them the chance because you're always superwoman. You're always doing everything for everyone. So how could anyone really know. And that's the thing is like, I think that if you're saying that to yourself ever, if you're like, doesn't this person know, like, shouldn't they be patting me on my back? Like know that that's like a sign that you're maybe doing stuff that you don't really want to be doing. And you need to start putting down your boundaries and saying like, do I really want to be doing this? Right. Do I really want to be in this relationship where I'm doing all this work. Do I really want to be taking care of these kids that aren't mine? Like, what is it? Whatever it is for you, right? Um, And where this comes from for the childhood trauma is that usually you had a parent who wasn't in tune with their child's needs. So like your caregiver or your parents just couldn't really detect where you were and what you needed. And so they couldn't help you through anything because they were pretty much oblivious and like not, not in tune with when you were having a hard time, they weren't checking in with you and talking you through it and like comforting you and nurturing you through those hard times because they were not in tune with you. They were probably off more, um, dealing with them their own emotions and themselves than they were, um, focusing on what you were going through and how you were doing. Right. Okay, the next one is having someone be mad at you or being misunderstood. So um, it never feels good ever, right, for someone to be mad at you, right? But there's a difference between um, worrying, like, to an extreme level and, like, hyper-focusing on, like, someone's opinion or projection of you. Like, because really in the end, who cares, right? Even, Even if it's someone you love. Like, I've gone through this like so many times, it's not even funny, where people, um, they put these things onto me, these projections onto me that have like nothing to do with who I am, like something that I would never, ever do. That's not even part of like my heart, my like thinking, like I would, that's just not who I am. But maybe my looks or the way that I act to them suggest 
that I would do things. And so I've had to come to like the realization that like, it doesn't matter that like literally nobody else's opinion matters, but your own. Honestly, if you know inside yourself that you're not that way, that someone thinks you are, then who cares? And then usually they're not worth your time, right? Because that person has a gap within themselves that they haven't fixed. And they're actually putting that onto you. That has nothing to do with you. So, so just know that like, yeah, if you notice people like, you know, you know, uh, not liking you or, and, you know, disliking you or being misunderstood by them and you can move on from it, that that's a really healthy way to deal with it. Um, and putting up healthy boundaries and being like, yeah, well, your negative opinion isn't really welcome in my space. So, you know, um, but that if it's something that consumes you and that you like, it drives your relationships. And I know for me, for many years, it drove my relationships. So like when someone would think negative of me, I would try to like show them all my cards and like, like try to prove to them my worth instead of just knowing it within myself and being like, okay, I guess that that's on you. Cause it has nothing to do with me. Cause I know that I don't do those things, you know? Um, so, uh, childhood trauma, like situation that usually that comes from is usually you have a toxic parent that shames you a lot. Right. Um, and a lot of times it's shaming through rage. So usually like yelling at the child and shaming them for who they are or what they look like or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, or expecting the child, um, uh, like to do things that are like kind of beyond their capabilities, expecting them to be too studious, expecting them to be too perfect, expecting them, expecting things that just aren't of that age, right? Um, the age range, right? Um, or another way that this kind of happens in childhood is parents acting like you're an adult um, and that you should just know everything, right? When actually you're a child and you shouldn't know everything. So, um, there are parents out there that really truly believe that like their children are kind of like mini adults that, um, they should get this. Right. And I think that sometimes it's easy to fall into that. Like, why don't they get this? Especially when they're teenagers and their bodies start looking right. Like an adult, then it's easy to forget like, oh my God, they're a crazy teenager right now. And their emotions are all out of whack and they don't get it. And they're pushing me away. But really what they need is for me to like nurture them. Right. So, so just know that that's where a lot of this, um, worried about other people and what they think of you comes from is coming from, um, from just way crazy expectations of a child, like misplaced expectations. Cause then that's how the child survives is then they're like, oh, I have to be something I'm not right. I have to be, and I have to like, I have to like, um, make satisfy that something to, to get along and to be emotionally safe, I have to satisfy that parent's view of me. Right. And that's why then it becomes a habit. I got to satisfy everybody's views of me. It's important. Everybody's views of me is so important, but it's not. Um, I promise you it's not. Okay, the next one, uh, number four, is other people's moods. So if you have a really hard time with um, dealing with other people's moods, I know that I was super guilty of this one in my marriage was, um, like, I would be codependent on, like, uh, his, if he was in a bad mood, then it set me off to be in a bad mood. And if I was in a bad mood, he'd be set off to be in a bad mood. And like, that's not healthy. Like you guys don't have to be like linked that far, right. Um, to each other. So just know that, um, obviously 
being around people in a bad mood isn't fun, right? But you can turn your attention away from it. Um, and a healthy person can allow others to be in their emotions, right? And that's part of loving people, right? And and knowing that just because they're in a bad mood, I can still keep myself safe. Um, and I can be at peace with myself and that everybody is responsible for their own feelings, and their own emotions. And I can just allow that to be in, like, let them be on their path. Let them be in, in this lifetime, you know, doing what they need to do. Um, doesn't mean that you need to participate it, participate it in an unhealthy way, right? Or enable it. Um, and so this one, you know, the childhood trauma really um, comes from like, if you had to keep your safe, yourself safe emotionally as a child, you had to really be hypersensitive um, to other people and to be aware of when adults were going to explode or just being on caution to when there's going to be a happy time because happy times are fewer than, than, you know, than the, um, the sad or, you know, unhappy times, right? Which is unfortunate for some children. Um, so like pretty much like watching out for the good is essentially what they're doing. And I think that this is like, this is where people become really empathetic, right? So like, I know I'm an empath, um, but also I think naturally, like if you've had like this, tra this trauma where like if someone was just not okay emotionally in your household and you kind of had to walk on eggshells or you kind of just like, were always hoping that they'd be okay. Um, I think that then you just get really, really good, no matter if you're an empath or not, but like into feeling everybody's emotions, right? And feeling like what's going on. So like, I'll tell you this, like being an empath and having some childhood trauma, I know that like I can feel way before anybody starts getting like, woohoo, right. Um, and starts having their inner child come out. Right. I can feel it. I can feel like they're coming online. Like, and I'm like, Oh no, no, no. Like I can feel like the wave welling. Right. And it's because I'm like really in tune to other people's emotions, like, and I can feel their energy and I can feel when, when things are happening. So when other people's moods are, are when you're so connected to where everyone else is at and you can't allow them to be in like highs and lows and things like that without like you being super affected and pulled into that energy, it's unhealthy, right? It's a trigger because essentially it's your inner child, like trying to detect, right? Um, like if you're going to be safe or okay, but you can talk to your, you can talk to yourself and you can say, like, you can remind your inner child, like, Hey, listen, like that person, I can feel their energy. They're getting all wound up. They're doing whatever they're getting all woohoo. Right. But let's just, let's be in ourselves and allow them the freedom to be where they need to be. Let's allow them the freedom to be whatever emotion they need to be at this time. And let's worry about ourselves. Let's find a way to feel good, separate ourselves from the, the, um, external for a minute, maybe, and you're safe, you're okay, you're loved, let, we can do this and we don't need to join them in their mood, right? Okay. The next one is ambu, or how, if I can say this right, <laughs> um, ambu, ambu, can I say it? Ambiguity. Oh gosh. Oh my God. It's going to ruin the whole podcast. Ambiguity. Ambiguity. Oh, I can't say it. And anyways, not being able to handle the unknown. So when you needing to have an answer now, right? Um, I know someone that has this issue. It's a trigger for them. When a really important to them subject 
when when you can't get past it unless you have the answer unless you know how everybody is going to feel about it like unless you know the next step right but just like the unknown um ambiguity ambiguity oh my god i can't say the word why can't i say that okay um so example, so getting overly stressed when you're waiting to hear for like a job offer or for a, a second date. Like we know that those things are like nerve wracking, but when it is like so overwhelming that it's like, it just, it consumes you, right? And like you can't eat, can't sleep, like and that's not good, right? That's not how we should be living life. And know that that's probably your, or it's not, it's a trigger, you're being triggered and that your inner child is showing up, um, to stress you out and, and, um, and make things, um, like, like you don't know if tomorrow is safe or you don't know if like you're going to be okay and you are okay. And so you just, a healthy person doesn't get consumed by all the unknowns and has the belief that everything actually is going to work out the best way that it can, right? You have to have that faith in life. Um, the childhood trauma that that comes from is, um, not having a safe home base as a child, so never knowing when things um, are going to be safe, or when you're going to be loved for, when you're going to be cared for, needing like external proof um, to prove it to you um, that, that everything's going to be okay. All right, um, so, um, so then how do we heal all this, right? So those are like the main common triggers that we're going to, that you know, you're going to like come up on in life and, and know like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm being triggered. Like my emotional response isn't really like maybe the healthiest. Um, how can we heal that? Right? Like, what can we do? What are the steps that we can take? Well, um, the first thing in healing our inner child is really just the acknowledgement, um, that we have the first off that we have an inner child, right? That as children, Things didn't, weren't always perfect, right? Because we didn't live in heaven. We lived here on earth and we didn't get everything handed to us on a silver platter. We had to fend or come up with our own ways to get, get things right done. I mean, it, maybe sometimes it wasn't always the best way. And those just became cemented into our subconscious and, and our sub and our inner child kind of, um, runs different aspects of our life that way. And just the simple knowing and understanding that that is actually occurring. Honestly, to tell you the truth, I'm reading a really, really great book right now um, that talks about the psychologist and it talks about how just even when um, they talk to clients about this inner child and then you get the concept of knowing that the inner child is there and like knowing like these triggers that I explained, just knowing about them and understanding them, that's literally like takes down the dysfunction to like 50% without even doing any more work than that. Just the plain awareness and, and like the light bulb of like, okay, thing, you know, I'm getting frustrated in an event where I shouldn't really be frustrated. Right. Or I'm having a throwing a tantrum. Like, you know, somebody doesn't want to do something and I'm throwing an emotional tantrum and not giving them the silent treatment and not talking to them. That is a trigger and just labeling it that and knowing that that's your childhood tra trauma and going back to figure out where that is, literally that right there and just like the awareness is half the battle. So you're already there because you're listening to this podcast and you're becoming aware that you have an inner child and you're becoming aware of the triggers and you're becoming aware of like 
what's appropriate and what isn't. And how, and and then the next step is to just be able to parent yourself, right? To have those conversations with yourself, that mental chatter that we always talk about, the healthy mental chatter. Um, so you can, the best way that most psychologists and, and therapists um, say to handle it is to treat your inner child as a, like a separate piece from you, right? Like a child, your, your child self, right? And think of it as a separate piece and be able to talk it through. So like when you feel you're being triggered, right? In whatever it is, then having that, um, a moment of, you know, just mental conversation with yourself and saying, you know, you're okay, you're loved. Everything's going to be fine. I promise. Right. So being that parent to that child, that inner child, um, is really, really, really effective. Um, and people can do a lot of healing work just on their own with that, like the changing that dynamic of feeling insecure and feeling things are out of control instead of trying to control it. That's your inner child doing that, right? Trying to control your outside external world. Then just saying, this, this sucks, right? This situation sucks. I don't know how it's going to pan out, but I do know that we're okay. We're okay. You want to know why? Because we're, we're in this together. I, you know that you're loved because I'm doing self-love, right? And all that good stuff. Another way to heal the wounded inner child is to do the root chakra or the first chakra healing work, right? So um, if your root chakra is off, we obviously know that um, our inner child has some healing to do. So um, how you can do some uh, root chakra stuff is you can ground, be grounding. So ground yourself, um, go outside, put your feet in the, the ground in the grass and, you know, I know it sounds funny, but I love to go up and I um, touch trees and I close my eyes and I feel that grounding energy running through me. Trees are very grounding, but even just putting your feet in grass and ground, that'll ground you as well. Um, another thing that can be really grounding is deep tissue work. So you can go for like a deep tissue massage, um, make them focus on the lower back by that lower spinal area. That'll really help. Um, and then you can also do a, a grounding root chakra meditation. So you can YouTube, um, if you have a meditation app, just search for grounding root chakra. So those are some ways, um, to help with that. And then, um, take an assessment of your beliefs and your programming. So this is really just like, um, the information that I gave you here is really surface work, right? Um, but if you really want to start, working on some of the things that I like you feel like you're unaware that you're doing, but you can see the negative results in your relationships. Um, start taking assessments of things. Um, and cause essentially like we're programmed like with beliefs, right? Especially when we're kids, like those beliefs get cemented into our subconscious, into our minds and how we do things. And, um, they come from our like families, right. And from our ancestors that we never even like met. Right. So, um, just know that if you take the time to like, you know, write out like maybe beliefs um, that you grew up with, um, beliefs that you created from childhood trauma as a child, you know, um, or even just things that like your family really believed because they say that if your family believed something, you know, like um, even you didn't have to like grow up with it. If your family, like, let's just say I'm going to use an example, um, a really common one. Let's say that you were born into a, a racist family. Okay. And then, but you 
you were born into a, t- a time and an age where that wasn't acceptable. So you grew up in in the world and you did you weren't racist, right? But you your family that you were born into and your ancestors, they were racist, right? For me example, obviously my lineage, I'm white. So of course there was racism. I'm I don't even have to know my family to know that they were racist, right? Because that is the history of our world, right? So they say that actually those codes are actually imprinted on you when you're born. So even if you don't have that intention, right, yourself, just know that like you're born with like your your lineage, your family lineage's codes of like beliefs and all those kind of things. So when you heal yourself from things, you heal just not just yourself, but you heal like your family lineage, which is crazy. They talk about like if you want to get deep spiritually, they talk about how you literally heal like generations after generations that came way before you. So it's a really beautiful thing. So um, this one lady that I was um, learning from on YouTube, she talked about how um, you could actually do, you know, like the things that you're aware of, that like, you know, I want to release, like you could do it with your guides and angels and just do a release of like, um, please release, you know, any um, codes that were imprinted on me that are not of my, you know, current belief system um that were my families that were my ancestors please release release it now and like you know just do a healing clearing from yourself and um that's really really cool um can be really really powerful but you can also make the ones that you're cognitively cognitively aware of um the beliefs that your family had um that maybe you're holding on to subconsciously um and release those right um and we can do this through healing meditations um, another really powerful way to heal the, your inner child is to do some mantra work or they call it like affirmation work. So come up with some mantras or some affirmations um, that you can say when your inner child shows up. So, um, you know, if like an event rises and you can feel your your inner child taking over because you're now more aware of like what the triggers are and how your inner child is reacting to things, right? Um just having some things that you like maybe that you've thought of that would really calm your inner child like um everything is okay you're loved you're not in danger you're safe you belong i say that one to myself a lot that you are loved and you belong because when i was growing up i didn't feel like i belonged for a very very long time and then that has played out in all of my relationships is that Um, no matter how hard I try, I don't belong. Right. So, so just reminding my inner child that like, it's okay. I'm here now. Right. Like you don't have to run the show and I'm here and I'm letting you know that you're safe and that you belong, you belong with me. And that can be very, very powerful. Um, next, um, you can do an inner child meditation. There's tons of them all over YouTube. There's tons of them. Like I have the insight timer. I love the insight timer. Um, they have tons of really good ones on there. Um, you can, they, they even have sometimes like free workshops that you can do, um, uh, and participate online if you search for them, um, and just do some healing work with your inner child, um, guided that way with someone else. It's really powerful too. Um, and then, um, they talk about integration exercises. So what happens when, we go through traumatic events throughout our life, right? Um, little pieces of, of us, like like when you have something traumatic or emotional happen, um, they say that like parts of you are 
essentially like broken off and split off into, um, you know, different, different areas of your life. And, um, because of that, they say that it's something that's really, really helpful to, to help in your healing is to, to intend to bring everything kind of back together and bring those pieces of you back. Right. Um, because now as adults, we can sit here and we can say like, um, yeah, those, those events, those traumatic events that I went through, um, you know, where I lost that friend or the person told lies about me to other people. Um, those weren't fun. Right. And, um, I obviously don't want to go through more of those again, but I, um, I know that my life has a plan and that I did gain some really beautiful things from, um, those horrible situations and, and then, and just, you know, remind yourself to bring it, bring those pieces of you back. Right. And to put it, kind of close it up and heal it. So one of these, one of the one women that I was um, learning from, she had this really awesome statement that she said, and so I'm going to share it with you. And it was, I intend to bring my inner child and all of her painful wounds and experiences back into union. I intend to integrate all these parts of me now. I am so loved. I am so honored and it is done. And I really feel like that that's kind of like a really beautiful way to like, it's almost like a ceremony, right? Of like, when you say something like that out loud, or even when just doing the work of the thought, and then and having that closure of bringing everything kind of back to yourself to heal. Um, I just feel like it, it, it does really powerful things. I know for me, I always feel, um, I feel lighter, I feel more clarity. And like, I, I think the word union is really powerful. I feel like I'm in union with myself. And I think that that's, you know, a goal of being a healthy person is feeling one with yourself. So, um, that's all I had today for the inner child, the wounded inner child, um, and how to heal that. So I hope that you learned so much. Um, this was such a powerful, uh, episode for me. I know that I will be doing more, work beyond this, um, episodes, um, information that I learned. Um, I'm so many books and so many beautiful things have come from it, but I hope the same for you. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care and don't forget, love yourself. Mm -hmm.